This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Hebrews 10, chapter 10, verse 24 says this, and let us consider one another. Do you realize, folks, that would change your marriage right there? Amen? Amen. If I just consider my husband, if I just consider my wife, and not provoke them to anger, but provoke them to love and to good works, that, that transform our relationships. And then in verse 25, he said this, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. I said, I'm going to take some weeks and I'm going to talk about why church. Why do we do what we do? Why church? We're going to talk about it over the next few weeks. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. I pray you'll speak to us and through us. Give your word a free course to travel. And may it find a lodging place in the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls. And God, for all you do, we're going to praise you. For I pray this prayer with a grateful heart. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to take just a few moments. And uh, I want to talk to you about you need a church family. You need a church family. I commend you today for being in church, but do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, only 20% of Americans will go to church on Sunday. Only 20%. That is to say four out of five Americans will not go to church on the Lord's day. Four out, four out of five. And listen, folks, some people don't go to church basically any in their lifetime. I mean, they spend a lifetime and they, they, they don't go to church. I mean, literally some people go to church three times. <laughs> they go to church when they're dedicated. Uh, they go to church when they get married. And of course, they go to church when they're buried. They go when they're dedicated. They go when they're married. And they go when they're buried. Every time they go to church, <laughs> they throw something on them. The first time they went to church, they uh, threw water on them. The second time they went to church, they threw rice on them. And the third time they went to church, they threw dirt on them. Amen? <laughs> I mean, they only go when they're hatched, matched, or dispatched. I mean, that's the only time they go. But the Bible teaches us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. It talks to us about the fact that we need church. Now, the word church is 117 times in the Word of God. And 95 times when you see the word church, it's talking about a local congregation. See, I think this. I think when we talk about church, most people think of an organization. And they see it as an organization. But God doesn't see it as an organization. He sees the church as organs. He doesn't see it as an organization. He sees the church as organs. 1 Corinthians 12 says this, For by one spirit are you baptized into one body, whether you be Jews or Gentiles, whether you be bond or free, and having been made to drink into one spirit. Look this. 
For the body is not one member, but many members. See, many times we see the church as an organization, but God sees the church as organs. God sees the church as his body. And all of us make up members of his body. Not in organization, but in organs. And organs are connected to each other. Just as the body is connected, parts of the body are connected, that's how a church is connected. So to say, Pastor, Brother Benny, I'm a Christian, but I'm just not into the church. <laughs> well, that's like saying I'm a student, but I have no school. That's like saying I'm a soldier, but I have no army. That's like saying I'm a football player, but I don't have a team. That's like saying I'm a bee, but, but there's no hive. No, no, no. It really doesn't make sense because a church is desperately needed. You will fulfill God's purpose for your life through a local church. You will fulfill what God wants for your life through a local church. Now, I heard about a, an affluent church. It was a very high church, and a very poor man came down the aisle, and he said, I want to join the church. And the head deacon said, uh, looked him over and said, let's just pray about it. And the man went back. And the next week, he came down the same aisle, and he said, I want to join the church. And the head deacon looked him over and said, let's pray about it, and he went back. It happened again on the third week, and the man never came back. And about six months later, the head deacon saw the man at a restaurant, and he said to the man, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing fine. He said, are you settled and satisfied that you didn't join our church? He said, oh, yes, yes. He said, well, how did you, how did you deal with it? He said, well, I dealt with it through prayer. He said, I prayed and I told God that I wanted to join the church and I just wasn't allowed to. And he said, God told me, don't you feel bad about it? For better than 40 years, I've been trying to get in that church. Amen? For better than 40 years. But ladies and gentlemen, we all need a church. See, the Bible says in 1 Peter 2 and 2, as newborn babes, do not desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. When you come to know Christ, you're just a baby. You wouldn't think about not caring and nourishing and protecting. and You wouldn't think about not taking care of that baby. That baby needs its family. And when you become a Christian, it's vital that you have a church family. Now get this. Psalms says this. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. You say, Pastor, I wish my life would flourish. I wish my marriage would flourish. I wish my ministry would flourish. I wish my career would flourish. I wish something would flourish in my life. Well, look what it says. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of God. Get this, folks, if you want to grow, if you want to flourish, you got to get planted 
in the house of God. You said, Pastor, I want to grow. I want to flourish. I know you do. But if you want to grow and you want to flourish, you've got to get planted in the house of God. The reason why a lot of you can't grow and you can't flourish is you've never been planted in the house of God. You've got to get some roots in the house of God. You've got to say church is not a possibility, but church is a priority. No, I don't. I I, I, got to get planted in the house of God. I'm not looking for excuses why I can't go. I'm saying, no, I need to be planted in God's house. Now get this. Pastor, why do I need a church family? Why, why do I need it? Well, I want to give you some reasons. Number one, we need others to walk with us. We need others to walk with us. You know, throughout the Bible, God created the world, the rocks, the reels, the hoes, the hills, the birds, the bees, the flowers, and the trees. God created all. And after a day of creation, he'd say, that's good. And the second day of creation, he said, that's good. Third day, he said, oh, that's, that's good. But we get to Genesis 2.18, and he's not talking good anymore. He says, it's not good. Everything was good, good, good. And then we get to not good. Why is it not good? He said, it's not good that man should be alone. Because what was he saying? We need somebody to walk with us. Johnny said, Mom, I'm scared. I, I don't want to sleep by myself. I'm scared. And Mommy said, oh, Johnny, you don't have to be scared. Jesus is in that bedroom with you. He said, I know Jesus is in there, Mama, but I need somebody with skin on. <laughs> and folks, let me tell you what I've learned. I've learned why we need a church family. We need somebody with skin on. Do you, do you realize this? Research found that the most isolated people were three times more likely to die than those with strong relational connections. Get this. I'm going to read on. If you go to church, on average, you go five to six years longer. You better get in God's house. Your life's at stake. <laughs> on average, you live five to six years longer. Now, let's read on. Look what he says. People who have bad health habits, such as smoking, poor eating habits, obesity, or alcohol use. But look, strong social ties live significantly longer than people who had great health habits but were isolated. In other words, it's better to eat Twinkies with good friends than to eat broccoli alone. That's why I just challenge you folks. We need people to walk with us. That's why at Rock Springs Church we have life groups. That's why I encourage people to, to, to be in a life group. You say, Pastor, I don't know how to do it. You can just go to the Welcome Center and we'll, we'll just get you plugged into one. You, you just need to be in a life group. You need to be in a life group. Just, just go to the Welcome Center. We'll get you plugged in. You say, well, Pastor, I, 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 I'm watching you online. Well, there's, there's a link there on the website. There's a link right there, and you just connect right on and get you in a life group. Because this is what I've learned, folks. We need others to walk with us. Let me tell you something else. 
We need others to work with us. <laughs> See, Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works. I want you to understand something. God didn't just save you from something. He saved you for something. He, he didn't just save you from something. He saved you for something. What I mean by that, God has a work for every one of us to do. God has a work. Look, one is too small a number to multiply. God has a work for every one of us to do. And ladies and gentlemen, this, this work for every one of us to do, one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. And we can accomplish a whole lot more if we have somebody working with us. You need a church family because you need people to walk with you. You need a church family because you need people to work with you. You need a church family because you need others to watch out for us. We need others to watch out for us. Look what the scripture says. Philippians 2 verse 3. It says, let nothing be done through strive or vainglory, but in lowness of mind, let each esteem other better, better than themselves. Look at this verse. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You know, Barbara and I used to take trips and we'd go to our neighbor and we'd say this, we're going to be gone for a few days. Will you keep a watch on our place? We, we had things over there, and uh, they were valuable to us, apparently. But we'd say, would you just, we're going to just be gone. Would you just kind of keep an eye out? Just, just, just watch our place because our, our, our home was broken into one time. And, but would you just keep, keep an eye out for us? Well, let me tell you something. Hebrews 13 and 17 says this. Obey them that rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. Here, listen, I just want to ask you. Who's watching for your soul? Who, you said, but I wanted somebody to watch my place. No, no, you watch. Somebody watching for your soul is a whole lot more important, ladies and gentlemen, than somebody watching for your place. Who, who's watching out for your soul? Who cares? Hey, 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 look, who cares enough about you to say, listen, I've been missing you in church. Who cares enough about you to say, I haven't seen you in a while? Who cares enough about you to say, you know, you might want to stay away from her. You, you, you might want to stay away from her. You, all, you, you and her seem awful friendly. Oh, it's okay. I'm, I'm going to preach whether you shout or, or, or look at look, you, 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 might, you, you, you might want somebody to say, listen, uh, uh, I've been noticing you've been with the wrong crowd. Yeah, you keep hanging around that barbershop, you're going to get that haircut. <laughs> Who's watching out for you? Who's saying we miss you when you're not here? Who, who's looking out for your soul? You say, Pastor, oh, I've got this. No, no, no. You need somebody, ladies and gentlemen, to watch for your soul. 
and I wouldn't offend anybody, but I can't watch for your soul if all you do is watch me online. Paul said, uh, don't, you, don't you set sail from Crete. He said, you're going to get in a storm. Don't you do it. But they did it in Acts 27 verse 10. And they got in a storm. See, let me, I, I'm trying to move to the next point, but I, I feel something good on this one. Get this, folks. We're sheep. We're sheep. The devil's a roaring lion. You know when the lion attacks the sheep? When the sheep is isolated and all by itself. He doesn't attack the flock. He attacks the sheep when it's isolated and all by itself. We need others to walk with us. We need others to work with us. We need others to watch out for us. Who's watching out for Oh, I just go to church to church and I pop here. I'm just a bunny Christian. No, you're pathetic. You need to get planted in the house of God. Oh. Let, me, let me tell you the fourth thing. We need others to worship with us. I, this thought just hit my mind. It, it, it's us, by the way. Our Father which art in heaven, our Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us. See, it, 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 it's corporate. A.W. Tozer said this word. He said, I can safely say on the authority of all that is revealed in the word of God that any man or woman on earth who is bored or turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. Listen, folks, if all we can do is shake Mickey when we're in church, do you really think you're ready for heaven? By the way, what do you think we're going to be doing there? I, I, I'm just pretty, but, but folks, let me tell you, we need others to worship with us. And let me tell you what happens when we come into this Sanctuary. God meets with us. God's always had a place where he met with his people. But when we come into the sanctuary, when we come into the sanctuary, God meets with his people. You say, Pastor Benny, how do you know that? Well, the Bible says in Matthew 18 and 20, we're two or three are gathered together. Oh, in my name. They're right there, right there. I just get in their midst. I just get in their midst. When they, when they come and they want to worship, I just get in their midst. Psalms 133, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. God said they've come together in unity. And then he said in verse 3, that's where I just command the blessing. When them people just want to gather, when they just want to corporately come together, I just command the blessing on those people right then and there. I just bless them right then and there. By the way, folks, do you ever think about what are we going to be doing in heaven? Well, the Bible tells us, look what it says. And beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, wait, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues. You know what that tells me? It tells me they're going to be white people in heaven. 
It tells me they're going to be brown people in heaven. It tells me they're going to be black people in heaven. And it tells me it won't matter. It won't matter. It won't matter because we'll be all worshiping around the throne of God. It won't matter. It won't matter. Listen, I long, listen, folks, I long to live long enough that Rock Springs Church looks like heaven. And it's got brown people. And it's got black people. It's got white people. And we all gather around one cause. That's to worship. Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'd go down that Rock Springs, but that Benny Tate wants to yell at me. But wait, wait. Look here. And they cried with a Benny Tate voice. That's what he says. And they cried with a loud voice and said, Salvation to our God, which setteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, don't tell me it's the same to stay home and stream. It's something different when we come together and we worship Jesus, the Lamb of glory, like God said for us to do. We need others to walk with us, to work, to watch out for us, to worship. But I'll tell you another reason. I'm, I'm almost done. We need others to wait and to weep with us. We need others to wait and to weep with us. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 26... It says that if one part of the body suffers, that all the members suffer. See, see, there are going to be some times, folks, that we're going to have to wait. You say, well, what, what, Pastor? No, no, there are going to be some times you're going to have to wait. And there are going to be some times you have to weep. I remember years ago, they were going to do surgery on the back of my head. And I go into the staff meeting and I said to my staff, I'm having surgery on Tuesday. I don't want anybody to show up. I don't want anybody. I'm a man's man. <laughs> I don't want anybody to show up. I'll be fine. Just leave me alone. Tuesday came and I'm in the waiting room. And the man's man looks over at Barbara and says, Barbara, you are praying for me, aren't you? <laughs> and about that time, folks, God bear me record, one of my staff members disobeyed me. <laughs> and he started walking in. And I never was as proud to see anybody. <laughs> and he grabbed me and he hugged me and he said, Pastor, I'm praying for you. I said, thank you for disobeying you, boss. <laughs> because this is what I've learned. They'll be waiting and weeping times. And we need people to wait with us and we need people to weep with us. Years ago, Barbara and I, we went out to the Redwood Forest. Beats anything I've ever seen. We drove a vehicle through this. We drove a vehicle through that tree. 
I mean, we didn't make the hole. I'm just saying we, we, but we. <laughs> it beat anything I've ever seen. And I got back and I started researching those redwoods. And I found out the root system on them is not deep. I thought, well, how did it last? How did it make it through all the storms? And this is what I found out. The root system of those redwoods are interwoven. So there's all these trees and their roots are tied together. So when the storm comes, they're so interwoven, their root system is so tied together, they can survive the storm. That's why we need a church family. Because it's not when the storm comes, it's coming. And if we're interwoven, ladies and gentlemen, we can survive the storm. Now, let me give you the last point. We need others to witness with us. I'd never thought about this. You know, now let me explain because it's a different take on it. John 13 and 35 says this. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love one for another. What does that mean, Pastor? It means when we show love to each other, it's a powerful witness to a lost and dying world. When we're there for somebody that's going through a hard time, it's a powerful witness to a lost and dying world. When we as brothers and sisters love one another, it's a powerful witness to a lost and dying world. Barbara and I got married and she would say some things sometimes about her family. And then I would chime in and start saying things too. And when I chimed in, it created intensive fellowship. <laughs> and I said things about my family, but when she said it, I said, uh, I don't really like that. God bear me record, folks. I'm a real simple guy. And the day came, I said, Barbara, let's talk. She said, okay. I said, I, I think this would help our marriage. She said, we need some help. I said, I agree. I think this would help our marriage. If you won't say anything about my family, I won't say anything about your family. I said, you can talk about your family. I can talk about mine, but we just don't do. She said, I'll make that deal with you. And uh, it's worked pretty well. Wouldn't it be neat, folks, if we as a family of God would say, I know he messed up, but he's still my brother. I, I, I know she did that, but she's still my sister and I still love her and I really don't want to hear about it because we're family. And if the world could see that, ladies and gentlemen, it would be so evangelistic. It would be so evangelistic. Now I'm done, but I want to tell you one story. I've preached this message with passion. I've preached this message with passion. And the reason why I preach this message with so much passion is I so believe, I so believe in the local church. See, I, see, I believe this, folks. I believe the church faithfully living and teaching the truth of Jesus Christ 
is the hope of the world. I believe the church faithfully living and teaching the truth of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. I believe Ephesians 5, 25, husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I believe it's the hope of the world. My mother and I moved into a place called the Queen of Clubs. It was a nightclub that closed and my mother and I moved into this nightclub. And we needed to make money. And the town that we lived in was a dry town. It was a dry town as far as alcohol. So what my mother would do, and, and myself, we would drive quite a distance. We would get loads of whiskey, and we would bring it back to our home, the Queen of Clubs, and we would sell it illegally out the back door. So it would be nothing all through the night, just a knock, and that's a customer. What do you need? Tequila, vodka, Jack Daniels. Well, what do you need? And we'd sell it and make money. That was our life. But there was a man that would not come to the back door. He would come to the front door. He was a pastor. And he would knock on the front door. And he would say to my mother, I'd like to invite y'all to church. I pastor Wesley's Chapel Church, and I just want you to know that y'all would be welcome to come. He knew what we was doing in the back door. But he said, you're welcome to come to my church. The whole community knew what we was doing, but he said, you're welcome to come to my church. Because he cared more about us than his reputation or what anybody thought. He cared about people. And that's what the church ought to be about. It's about people, ladies and gentlemen. And then there was a Sunday came. And I went to church. I went to his church. And he preached. He preached. And then he gave an invitation. And I felt like my heart was going to come out of my chest. I was so uncomfortable. I felt like I was a ham sandwich at a Jewish picnic. I was so uncomfortable. But I was bashful and I was shy. I wanted to go down, but I was ashamed to. And I, I was just bashful and timid, so I didn't. But he preached. And I went home, and I didn't understand this, folks, but the Holy Spirit kept dealing with my heart. He kept, I didn't understand it, but he kept dealing with my heart. He kept dealing with my heart. And it wouldn't go away. And about midnight, I said, Mama, can we call that preacher? That preacher that used to stop by 
our home. That preacher that preached this morning, Mama, something's, I'm miserable, Mama. Can we call that preacher? She said, yes. And we called that preacher. And he said, Benny, you've got to pray. I said, I don't know how to pray. He said, take my hands. I'm going to show you how. And he took my hands. And he led me in a sinner's prayer. And Jesus Christ came into my heart. And everything, every good thing that's ever happened in my life started right there that night. You understand something, ladies and gentlemen? It was all traced back to a local preacher. It was all traced back to a local church. I believe the hope of the world is the local church because they have the message of Jesus Christ. And I believe that everybody needs a church family. And everybody needs to be involved in a local church. Everybody. Because that's the plan of God. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.